Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast where we discover God's truth for ourselves by studying His Word. David and Kay Arthur are coming to Brantford, Ontario this September. We want to invite you to join us at Central Baptist Church on September 6th and 7th for a two-day conference that you won't want to miss. David and Kay will be bringing a timely message on holding fast through suffering and trials using the book of 1 Peter. Registration is open and tickets are going fast. The cost for this conference is only $79 and with a limited number of seats available, you will want to register soon. Register online on our website or by calling our office at 877-234-2030. Has your life been changed by inductive Bible study? Why not invite someone to learn the inductive method by taking part in one of our many workshops happening across Canada? Interested in hosting a workshop in your church? Contact our events team today by emailing training at preceptministries.ca and bring the transforming power of God's Word to your community. In February, we launched our Thrive Building campaign to help meet the financial needs of this new building that God has blessed us with. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with us? You can find out more information about the Thrive Building campaign, as well as watch a video tour of our new facility by visiting us online at www.preceptministries.ca slash thrive. Coming up on July 15th to 20th, we will be having our summer study week here in Brantford, Ontario. Whether you're interested in learning the essentials of inductive Bible study or learning how to lead a Bible study class, there's a workshop for everyone. Check out all the different workshops happening that week on our website, www.preceptministries.ca, and sign up today. To stay up to date with everything happening at the ministry, visit us online on our website or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hello, everyone. It's Mark Sheldrake here with Derek Kamek. This is Unlocking the Truth Podcast. This is our final episode on Covenant, Derek. The last one. It has been such a pleasure to be working through Covenant, getting a lot of feedback. Mm-hmm. I know I say that fairly often, uh, but it's really neat to um, hear how the Lord is working through individuals' lives when they study uh, the Book of Covenant. Yeah. Well, not the Book of Covenant, the topic of Covenant. And uh, I was just saying to a friend uh, last night uh, before uh, coming into the office today, there's three books and one topic Mm -hmm. every Christian needs to study. Three books are as follows, Genesis, Romans, and Hebrews. The one topic that everybody needs to study and should study no matter what, I don't care what other people say, Covenant. Mm-hmm. And if you understand uh, Genesis, Romans, Hebrews, and the topic of covenant, you have the whole picture of the entire Bible and God's story. Yeah, you'll have a really good handle on, on what else is going on in the, in, the, in the entirety of the text. It really does bring those, those major points together. It's very interesting that our staff, we've finished working through Hebrews at the same time as we're completing our podcast yeah. on Covenant. And I've got to say that um, for us, it was a real blessing to spend all of that time in Hebrews. Yeah. And we want you to join in with us 
starting in September, after the Hold Fast Conference with Kay and David Arthur in Brantford, Ontario. If you're listening to this, it's almost sold out. You want to make sure tickets today. You get those tickets. There's less than 80 tickets remaining mm-hmm. as of right now, the day of the recording of this podcast. So make sure you register for that. But Hebrews, I mean, what a phenomenal study that even wrapped in covenant. And so it's going to be a great follow-up to this, and uh, that's coming in September. Mm -hmm. So as we dig into our final episode of covenant, let's commit our time to the Lord, and then uh, we'll discuss everything we've been learning. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the truth of your word. Father, we're so thankful for the word that you have given us that we can study it and we can understand it, that we can communicate it, and that we can apply it to our lives. Go before us now as we discuss this final lesson. We ask that uh, our conversation would be fruitful, glorifying to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I got to tell you, I, I've got a few pet peeves in my life. I don't Just know about a few. you. Just a few. One of my greatest pet peeves comes within the church. And uh, it is spiritual apathy, for mm. one. And the other part of that, which I think is a component of spiritual apathy, is when people tell you they don't have time to study the Bible. Yeah. I mean, that's, for me, like a child taking their long fingernails and scraping it down a chalkboard. Mm. Because what we're going to cover today in the podcast, what we've also covered in Covenant throughout, I can't see how it doesn't create a greater hunger to be in God's Word than it would to drive people away. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what it is that causes people to say, I haven't got time to study. We hear about it all over the world, all over this country. We hear about it in our churches. And yet... That's one of the greatest weaknesses of individual believers is lack of bi- biblical knowledge mm-hmm. causing them to live a life that brings glory and honor to God. Yeah. They don't know how to apply. Yeah. And, and then they wonder why in crisis and difficult situations they're not sure how to handle because they can't remember the promises of God. Well, and I think a lot of it is when, when they do give time to study, they don't know how to do it properly. So they're not mining the truth out of the text. They're just looking for their next life verse or, or how God can fix the problem that they're in. And they're, they're not doing it in a way that's actually going to bring out the truths that God wants them to know and, and how to apply it to their lives. Um, so, yeah, time is an issue. But if you, even if you don't have the time, uh, the time that you do spend it, you have to be doing it the right way or else you're just not going to get anything out of it. And that's the thing what I love about new uh, people that get involved in precept because when they first come to a precept class or they decided that they're going to go to a precept training or whatever the case may be, they're always kind of skeptical and mm-hmm. wondering what this whole process of inductive Bible study is all about. They start to uh, question yeah. a lot of guys for yeah. sure question the triangles mm-hmm. and the clouds and all the shapes over the words and the color coding and don't want to really get involved in that. Or people might think, oh, I can't write in my Bible because it's a sacred book. And yeah. 
you know, God will judge me for that. But then when you get to the point of writing the lists and you start seeing what you're seeing in the text because you're rewriting it, and then you look at cross-references and how the cross-references shed more light on the topic of study, Mm -hmm. and then you properly apply it, and some people go through that first initial process, and then when they catch the bug for precept, they catch the fire. Yeah. We've had people who have called here and said, I need every precept upon precept you have, print it off, put it in a box and send it to mm-hmm. me. And we're like, you know, it's like 30 years of Bible study. Yeah. Why not try one at a time? Yeah. But they become so passionate about the word of God because they start to see the picture that God is painting from mm-hmm. the beginning to end. Yeah. And that's where we go in our topic today mm-hmm. is how do all the covenants fit together? Right. And uh, so this past week, I was teaching at uh, a local Christian school, and uh, I did a timeline for the students. And what I was showing the students was the, the time the write, and writing and reasoning mm-hmm. of when Hebrews was written. But this here is the same kind of model of what we can use in the timeline for where we're headed uh, in our final lesson of how all the three covenants fit together and so you the listener out there i don't know if you're sitting at a desk or in your car or whatever if you're in your car don't do this yeah just just picture it eyes open just picture it don't (laughs) text and drive you know okay so just imagine this for a minute you've got a timeline across a sheet of paper and uh on either end of the timeline are two trees Mm -hmm. that's what that's where i want to start with this whole thing two trees because, you know, the world begins with a tree and the world ends with a That's tree. Right. Genesis chapter 1, uh, we have God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, then we see Genesis chapter 2, everything that's filled into that earth. Mm-hmm. And then we also have the instructions to Adam and Eve. And so maybe we want to look at that text really quickly in Genesis chapter 2 and uh, see what the instructions are regarding that tree from God to Adam and Eve. So Genesis chapter 2, when you start at verse 15, it says, Then the Lord uh, took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. Uh, The Lord God commanded the the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. Uh, And so we have this God creates this beautiful place, this, uh, this paradise, this Garden of Eden, and, and places his greatest creation in the middle of it to care for it, to watch over it. And, um, and the, the only instruction he gives him, he says, everything here is, is for you except for the fruit of this one tree. So you've got this very important tree in Genesis chapter 1. Mm-hmm. Revelation chapter 22 takes us to the far end, you know, 65 books later, we have another tree, uh, Revelation 22, verse 1, then he showed me a river. This is, of course, in the new Jerusalem. This is the new heaven and the new earth. Showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street, on either side of the river, was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree 
were for the healing of the nations. First and foremost, you got to study the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. Before you study Revelation, study Daniel. <laughs> However, uh, maybe one day in the podcast we'll break down Daniel and we'll break down Revelation, but not anytime soon. That's a lot of podcasts. Yeah. So you've got the tree of good and evil mm -hmm. in the Garden of Eden. You've got the tree of life in the New Jerusalem. And what happens in between these two trees becomes the whole picture of the entire Bible. Mm -hmm. It's God's story yeah. uh, with an interaction with his people. Now, how does that all relate to covenant? Well, covenant, again, is one of those topics that it's like, how can you not get fired up about studying God's word when you study covenant, knowing that covenant started way back in Genesis and it flows all the way through the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. So just as the trees are the, the bookends of the story, yeah. covenant is the story right. uh, from tree to tree. Mm -hmm. And so now we've got to look at uh, where we've come in the point of Israel's history. So first thing that comes after the tree is what? What comes after is is the fall, is the the, the breaking of this initial uh, sort of rule that God set out for for man. He breaks it, and uh, and that becomes sort of this the reason why covenant is necessary, um, because this relationship between God and man has been has been broken. Uh, God's desire is still to be with. Uh, be with his people is still to commune with them, and uh, the way that he can, the way that he does that now is uh, through covenant relationships. Right. So the command in the garden is, "Don't eat of the tree." So we see that in the garden, when the fruit was eaten, that Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden. They were separated from God, and that separation now, where once they could walk in communion with mm -hmm. God. They could uh, have con conversation, be united with God in the garden. You know, God was present in the garden yeah. with them, and that's now gone. The whole point now of the entire story of the Bible is to bring that restoration mm -hmm. back to what it was like when earth was first created, which is unity mm -hmm. with God the Father Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, and His creation. Yeah. Uh, we see that the separation got even further through the flood. How far would the world have had to have fallen for God to look at the world and say, I need to destroy that? Yeah, it's, it's only a few generations from Adam to Noah. <clears throat> but what we see in Genesis chapter 6, um, we're introduced to Noah and the world um, that, uh, that Noah lives in. In verse 5, it says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So what we're seeing is from Eden to the time of Noah, when we're introduced to Noah, the world has, uh, the sin has, has so completely and fully infiltrated mankind um, 
that it says that every intent, every thought of man's heart was only evil, that there, there wasn't even any, uh, any good going on. There was nothing redeemable about mankind when God looked at his creation. And he regretted putting man uh, on earth because of uh, the, the sin that, that they brought to it. And after this period of time in which the flood waters covered the earth, destroyed everything, that it came about after that, that God spoke to Noah. You remember, you know, he sent out the dove to find the olive branch and come back and and, uh, but God spoke to him and he said, I'm, and he told him before the flood as well, I'm establishing a covenant mm-hmm. with you. The covenant was that he would not destroy the earth in that way again by flood and water. So that's one of the first times we see covenant yeah. mentioned in the scripture. And so on the timeline, I would have the tree in the yeah. garden, then I would have the fall, which sin entered into the world. The flood, which comes to the destruction of the world, with that flood comes the covenant with Noah and his family. Uh, preceding that or coming after that is the very fact that we see the covenant that uh, it feels like we have gone over this almost every week yeah. that we've been in the podcast, and that <clears throat> is the covenant with Abraham or Abram at the time of Genesis chapter 12. Mm-hmm. And I mean... As, as a precept student, uh, this, this might have been one of the first studies that, that you would have done. I know it was the first one that I did, um, Genesis part three, and, and it is a really good introduction to um, the idea of, of covenant, of how God continues to dwell with and deal with and commune with, uh, with his people through the process of a covenant. Uh, and this one, when we, we, we looked at it weeks ago, and, and kind of like Mark said, every time we've come together, we've talked about this everlasting covenant that God makes with, um, with Abram that kind of sets up every other covenant um, throughout, uh, throughout history. Um, you know, there, there is the command to leave your country, to leave your family, to go to the place that I will show you. Um, and the promise of, I'll make you a great nation, I will bless you, I'll make your name great, I will bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you, um, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. God establishes this everlasting covenant uh, with his servant Abram right here in, in Genesis. And as the text of Scripture uh, unfolds, we see how, um, how God continues to, uh, to, to lay out that the promises of that covenant. And the promise that God gives to Abraham is not just, he wants an heir. Mm-hmm. He wants a son to take over his, you know, mm-hmm. his possession and leave everything to. And, and God not only promises that Isaac would be born, but he almost so promises a seed mm-hmm. that would come from his line. I mean, way back in Genesis chapter 12, basically through chapter 19, you have um, this covenant being established with Abraham. And from that big point, we're already pointing to Jesus. And so um, on that timeline, I would have a cross, you know, fairly close to the tree of life in Revelation, but not right up against it kind of thing. We still got to fill that in a little bit. Yeah. And the cross, and then I would have 
Abraham's covenant closer to the fall and the flood mm -hmm. with an arrow pointing up to the cross, which is the promise of the seed. Yeah, and that's, that's the, what this covenant does is it establishes uh, the be very beginning, the outset of God's redemptive purpose and plan for mankind. Right. And after that comes uh, into the book of Exodus, we know that in our time together over the past number of weeks, we've been looking at all the different covenants, and we, we looked at Jonathan and David and how a covenant is established and signs of a covenant, and Abraham's sign was circumcision. We know that um, for Jonathan and David, it was, you know, started as a covenant between two men, then a covenant with him, the two men, and with God as a witness, and you know, descendants passing through. Mm -hmm. And then this covenant comes along, um, obviously prior to Jonathan and David's personal one, but yeah. you've got a covenant where God is uh, giving Moses the Ten Commandments on mm -hmm. Mount Sinai, but the covenant changes from being an everlasting covenant, that the one with established with um, Abraham, to one that is a conditional mm -hmm. covenant where... It involves the Israelite people and God. And what they do is they take the tablets. We've studied this. They take the tablets and they uh, Moses makes a sacrifice and he spreads blood on the tablets. They spread blood on the altar. They spread blood on the people and they say, we will keep these commandments. Mm -hmm. We will do them as uh, we promise, basically. Yeah. My paraphrase. So... Here is the establishing of the old covenant, mm -hmm. that conditional covenant between man and God that they would be obedient to keeping all, not one, all of right. the laws that were in place. That old covenant now sets up for this is the way that we will approach God. Yeah. And there was a pattern, wasn't there, mm -hmm. of how people were to approach God when it came to the tabernacle. Yeah, God God lays out not only here the things that you that you should do and shouldn't do, but he also says, I as your God, I want to dwell among you. But because of uh, sin, I can't just be with you the way that he was in uh, in Eden. So he says he sets up a way in which um, he can dwell with his people, and that's in the tabernacle. And it is a, um, you know, these passages sometimes are ones that we don't like to read or spend a whole lot of time on. It's a lot of detail. Um, it is pretty repetitive. Um, but when you understand that, what's actually happening here is God is saying, my greatest desire is to dwell with my people. And then he makes a way that it can happen, a way in which... Um, People can come to him. They can receive forgiveness for their sins, uh, that they can work towards um, righteousness. And so he, uh, he creates a mechanism in which he can actually dwell with his people, which is, which is uh, the desire that he wants. Right? He wants exactly how it used to be back in, in Eden. Um, and so this is one way in which um, he allows the people uh, to to have him in their presence um, while they are still uh, a sinful people. And, and we know that it wasn't long after this covenant was made that the Israelites broke it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I always think about how, how Moses is receiving those laws before the covenant is made. Yeah. And, and the leader's gone for a short amount of time and, uh, 
there's a golden calf popping out of the fire. <laughs> that, um, that is one of my favorite things that when studying Exodus. Where did this come from? Aaron says, I don't know. It just came out of the fire. The, one, uh, the other interesting thing is, if you can think back to the book of Nehemiah, mm-hmm. and uh, Nehemiah has a real burden to see the walls built because they're, you know, the temple is exposed and it's not the Sol- it's not Solomon's temple. It's this rebuilt temple, yeah. but the walls are exposed. But Nehemiah basically goes in, and he he gets everybody working together on the wall. He he's got opposition, the same opposition Ezra and Haggai, yeah. Ezra had, and uh, yet everything gets done, and and they're kind of really humming along. Mm-hmm. Nehemiah chapter eight, they're they're all committed together. Yeah, they're I'm gonna we're gonna keep the feasts of the booths. We're going to, you know, they're going back and forth to with the fathers and mm-hmm. reading the scriptures and studying them and learning them. And just really Israel's kind of doing great. Yeah, getting it back together. And and uh, Nehemiah has to go back to Artaxerxes and uh, he goes back to Artaxerxes. And they say that it's about 21 years mm-hmm. that Nehemiah is not back. There's a there's a separation between Nehemiah chapter 10 and Nehemiah chapter 11. And in that short time, really, 21 years is not a long time, mm-hmm. um, Nehemiah comes back and his greatest opposition to his work is living in the temple. Mm-hmm. You know, and Nehemiah is like so angry, he rips yeah. his hair out. But the the thing is that that's kind of where we're at with Israel is mm-hmm. the covenant has been broken. Yeah. Um, and now there's a repercussions for that, which is death yeah. because you covenant, we've talked about how serious covenant oh, is. Yeah. You break covenant, you die. But here God doesn't send immediate judgment upon mm-hmm. the people. We know that he sends judgments because he's, he sent famine. He yeah. sent, no rain. He he sent um, Nebuchadnezzar yeah. uh, to destroy them. We know that God has done that, but at the same time, God, in His great, rich mercy and love for His people, mm-hmm. from the breaking of the covenant, if you took the Bible timeline, you will see that God sent prophet after prophet mm-hmm. with one message: repent, yeah, come on back, and return. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal to know that as you unfold the Bible, the Old Covenant comes, the Old Covenant's broken, and then when the Old Covenant's broken, God begins to send messengers mm-hmm. with the message of judgment is coming yeah. unless you repent and return. Mm-hmm. But there's another promise that the prophets, they keep speaking of. Yeah, they, they keep pointing ahead. A time is going... To come, uh, you know, the, the prophets talk about a new covenant. Isaiah talks about, I mean, he prophesies the, the coming Christ. Jeremiah talks about a, a new covenant that God is going to uh, write on the hearts of the people. No longer is it uh, something that, that is, uh, that is uh, physically on them, on their, uh, on their arms or on their head or, or even in the temple, um, but it is something that will be on their hearts. Um, and so he's pointing to this uh, establishing a, a new covenant uh, through his son. And so he's, he's yes, he's, he's calling them back to, to live according to the old covenant again, but, uh, but saying that, 
showing that what he has in store is something even better. In the midst of all of this, you know, falling away from keeping the commandments of the covenant, uh, you have the book of First and Second Samuel, mm-hmm. where uh, God is saying, "I'm searching for a man after my own heart." Mm-hmm. And so you think about through all of this, judgment is coming. Judgment should be coming upon the people for breaking the covenant. And yet God is looking for someone who's going to lead the way and draw them in. You've had, if you study the whole history, you have periods of time where guys like Josiah came in and Mm -hmm. totally flipped the world upside down and moved the nations back towards God. You had, you had, well, you had Jonah who went and he, you know, he's a whole different story, Mm -hmm. but through his met, through God speaking through him, you had Nineveh repent and return to God. Yeah. But in the midst of all of this, you have the reminder of the covenant that Abraham gave, and he does that, speaks that covenant back through David. Yeah. And he says, David, from your line will come the seed. Somebody will sit on the throne forever yeah. coming through. This is not a new promise, a new covenant. We call it the Davidic covenant, but it's right through Mm -hmm. from Abraham all the way through. Yeah, that thread runs through the entirety of Scripture. Um, You know, a lot of times we sort of try and separate these pieces of of the text. So there's the the covenant with Abraham, and then that one's over, and then it's the old covenant, and then that one's over, and then it's this. But um, that first covenant that God makes with with Abraham is is a thread that runs through all of Scripture. We we follow Abraham's line um, through all of the the trials of Israel to King David, and then through that line of kings, and it uh, it brings us to um, to the great news of uh, of establishing that new covenant. Yeah, and then what I was telling these kids in the class was the Book of Malachi. You know, and he Malachi, a specific prophet to the priests, you know, get your life together. Mm-hmm. You've been neglecting the house of the Lord. And then God doesn't speak for 400 years. And we covered this in our Christmas podcast, yeah. if you want to go back and listen to that. But can you imagine not hearing from God for 400 years? And then when God comes back on the scene, he speaks and he speaks of the seed who would be born of a virgin. Mm-hmm. He also spoke of John the Baptist, in who John the Baptist would prepare the way for this seed. Mm-hmm. And you know, you've got the message of John the Baptist: repent, return, yeah. for the kingdom is coming. Repent, return, for the kingdom is coming. And then Jesus comes on the scene. We know in John chapter one, in the beginning, the word was. Uh, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about Jesus coming down to earth. When Jesus comes to earth, his message in the book of Matthew turns from repent for the kingdom is coming to repent for the kingdom is here. Mm-hmm. And so when Jesus is born, this is the promised seed and the yeah. heir who has come to earth Hebrews tells us, and we won't do too much of that, for a little while made lower, yeah. he came to earth for the purpose of establishing that new covenant. Mm-hmm. And we see that in Matthew chapter 26. Yeah, and it, it is this continued theme of God 
wanting to be with his people. And in Jesus, we have God uh, physically in the body of, uh, of a man, fully man, fully God, uh, in the presence of, of a sinful man once again. And uh, what we see is um, in uh, verse or chapter 26 of Matthew, uh, we have after, after, after the Passover, you know that after two days the Passover is coming and the Son of Man is to be handed over uh, for crucifixion. Um, we have Jesus sitting with his, um, with his disciples and he's telling them about what's going to happen and what's coming. Uh, in verse 26, he says, it says, while they were eating, Jesus took some bread and after a blessing, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, said, take eat, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the many, uh, for many for forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. We have this mention of a new covenant uh, a covenant made in his blood. Remember that that blood is uh, essential to the covenant. We saw it in the covenant with Abraham, the the breaking of uh, or the the splitting of the animals. We saw it in um, the sprinkling of blood on the book of the law and the altar and the people in the old covenant. And now Jesus is establishing this new covenant uh, through his blood. It's amazing that when Jesus died. And we got to think back to the high priest for a moment. When Jesus died, and quick plug, you can check out the Easter podcast mm -hmm. in which we covered all of this. You can uh, see that when Jesus died, he lifted up and yielded up his spirit and he took his last breath, that there were miracles of the cross. And one of those miracles of the cross was that the veil was torn in two from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. When the veil was torn in two, uh, so thus the access in which people approach God completely changed. Yeah. Under the old covenant, the only way people could approach God was going through the process of the tabernacle, walking through the gate of the tabernacle. The high priest would go in, he'd make a sacrifice, he'd spread blood on the horns, then he would go to the laver, he would clean his hands, he'd go to the inner tent, you know, where the... The lampstand was mm -hmm. lit all the time, and there was incense burning all the time, and showbread on the side all the time. He would, he would light the altar just in front of the of the holy of holies before the veil, and once a year on the day of atonement, he would take that incense in and he would place it close to the mercy seat. He would spread blood on the mercy seat, and at that time he would be in the presence of God to make sacrifices not only for mm -hmm. himself, but for all of Israel, yeah. in which that sacrifice was never good enough. Yeah. And we see that in Jesus, because he was perfect, he did not fall to sin. Although he was tempted, he did not fall. Mm -hmm. He became the perfect sacrifice. He became the sacrificial lamb. His blood was shed. His blood now covers us that gives us access to God. Mm -hmm. The One of the most fantastic differences between the old covenant and the new covenant is that the new covenant is completely by grace, thus calling us to obedience. Yeah. The old covenant is all about us keeping the commandments of God. It's all on us. Mm -hmm. The new covenant is all on Jesus. Yeah. 
And so it is so phenomenal to see how this all comes together that Ephesians, but by grace, we are now children of God. So the picture here, as you work through the timeline, is the access to God has changed through the blood of Jesus Christ. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Mm -hmm. And now that brings us to where we are right now in our lives. We are in the new covenant. And and on the timeline, I've had, you know, that Jesus ascended into heaven. When he ascended into heaven, the Holy Spirit came upon us as the helper. He's, you know, when we're saved, the Holy Spirit comes and he is our helper. He speaks in our ear. I can always think of Kay Arthur with the handkerchief, you know, over top of her yeah. head and speaks in my ear and tells me good and tells me mm-hmm. when I'm wrong and and guides me in my path towards righteousness. But we're in these last days. Yeah. We're living right now in the final days before Christ's return. I think Christ's return is coming sooner than we think. Mm-hmm. I can't give you a date because that would be crazy. <laughs> we're going to do that. But I'm watching the world as it becomes more and more immoral. Yeah. I'm watching as... God rained judgment down on Sodom and Gomorrah for mm-hmm. their sexual immorality and the immorality that they were in. Yeah. How far are we from Sodom and Gomorrah right now in which God is going to rain judgment? The only difference is that this what's going to precede this judgment is the clouds are going to open up mm-hmm. and Jesus is going to come riding on that horse down to open the seals and rain out the judgment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit early on about what the world was like when when Noah was was alive, and you know, I don't see a whole lot of difference. It might have been a lot worse than it is now, but but even now, it seems like every thought and every intent of man's heart is is uh, is evil. Is always going against the truth that we find in Scripture. God lays out for us: this is what. Uh, this is how I designed the world to be. Uh, this is how to live uh, in this world in a way that will be pleasing to me. And uh, we, uh, it looks like the society in which we live goes out of their way to do the exact opposite, to uh, completely reject God and, uh, and not just the commandments he gave in the Old Testament, but the call to obey him and, and to live a life um, worthy of, uh, of the calling that we have um, we, we seem to just at every turn uh, reject God at every opportunity we have. Um, and it is sad and it is, it is maddening, um, but we also know that, that God is a, a God of justice and uh, he will right those wrongs. It is not for us to right those wrongs. That is, that is uh, God's business. It is for us to continue to proclaim the truth of the gospel of this new covenant uh, in which we have full communion with God once again because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's so amazing for us to be in covenant, mm-hmm. in, the, in the new covenant, one that is by grace with our call to obedience to Jesus and his commands. The, the amazing thing is Hebrews, and we won't go, you know, you got to join us in September. Please join us in September. But Hebrews tells us the new covenant is a better covenant. Yeah. It's better than the old covenant. Why? Access to God yeah. through our mediator in Jesus Christ. Uh, we're looking for better promises. Yeah. And we're also looking for a better city. The end of my timeline has Jesus returning mm-hmm. from heaven to earth. 
He will rain judgment. This earth, this will burn up. Peter tells us that everything here will be destroyed. There will be a new earth that will be in place. Revelation tells us that that new earth will have rivers of life mm -hmm. flowing. And on either side of that river, that big tree yeah. of life. And, you know, you and I, we both had the opportunity to go to Florida last year. Yeah. And when we were in Florida, you know, with different times. Yeah. But when we were both there, we both went to the animal kingdom. Yeah. And when you walk into that animal kingdom, and the first thing you see on the other side of the gates is what? The tree of life. The tree of life. Yeah. At nine o'clock. <laughs> Stay for the show. Yeah. Anyway, but you see this massive tree mm -hmm. in the middle of the Disney park. Yeah. And can you just take that perspective of that tree? And I, I'll never forget walking in there, knowing that it was in there, mm -hmm. watching the people taking picture upon picture because this tree looks so beautiful. Yeah. Like it looked fantastic. Yeah. And honestly, I don't even think it was, I obviously wasn't real. It was yeah. paper mache. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever. But you're taking pictures of the glory and the beauty of that thing. Mm -hmm. How much more beautiful will the tree of life in heaven yeah. look like with rivers of life flowing on either side? And you know what? Those who gain access to see that tree are ones who are in the new covenant. Mm -hmm. So what's our goal moving from here as we leave covenant? Know our role, know our place, yeah. and look for the return of Jesus Christ and live a life and a manner that will bring glory and honor to him, a life of obedience where yeah. people will know that they are in new covenant and that they are secure in their salvation, mm -hmm. waiting for the return of Jesus Christ. That's the challenge for you. Thank you so much for joining in with Covenant. We can't wait to be with you again in September when we begin to work through the book of Hebrews. So until then, have a great summer, and we'll see you in September. Derek, why don't you close in prayer? Almighty God, we are so grateful for your word. And as we, uh, as we wrap up this series of podcasts on Covenant, um, we're so blessed to be able to just take a step back and look at your word uh, completely, not just one book at a time or one chapter at a time, but, but we can look at the whole thing and we can see your plan from the very beginning. We can follow the thread of covenant throughout the entire scripture. We can see, um, we can look and study the old covenant and see how it's pointing towards uh, your plan in, in Jesus Christ. And ultimately, your desire is to once again be in full arrest, a restored relationship um, with your people uh, once again, just like it was in the beginning. And, and we are so grateful that you want that for us and with us. And, uh, and we eagerly anticipate your son's arrival and, uh, and the time when we can be once again uh, with you at that tree. Gracious God, we're so grateful for your son and for all that was accomplished through him. We pray this all in his name. Amen. For more information on Precept Ministries Canada, visit us online at www.preceptministries.ca or call us at 877-234-2030.